that's not what happened, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to I Tell My Husband the News. I'm Shannon Ray Green, a journalist at USA Today. Each week, I catch my husband up on all the stories he may have missed. He doesn't really like to read or watch the news, so I'm pretty much his sole news source. It's a big responsibility. My husband, Dusty Terrell, is a local comedian in the Washington, D.C. area. Thanks for being here, Dusty. Thanks for having me, Shannon. Hey, love. Hey, Shannon. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I have had a cold that has lasted more than a week, but I think it might just be allergies. And guess who you gave that cold to? Ugh. Don't you think it could be allergies? Uh, I guess it's possible that we're both experiencing allergies, but my symptoms seem very similar to yours. <laughs> and now we've probably given it to everybody who is going to use these mics. Sorry about it. <sighs> It's just that time of year, right? Like, it's just uncomfortable. Everything's too dry. Speaking of not feeling well, Shannon, you may have noticed we didn't put out a podcast last week. We didn't feel good. Yeah. And uh, it was Veterans Day, so uh, we want to say that we're real thankful for all the, the vets out there. Absolutely. And we needed to take a day off, so we did. But sorry, everybody, if you missed us. But we're back. We're back. And we promise we, when we take another break, we'll let you guys know ahead of time. Mm, probably. We hope. <laughs> um, but thank you for sticking with us. And we also want to shout out my dad for being a veteran. Thanks for your service. Because we didn't do a podcast last week, we also got a review before that that I'd like to mention. Thank you so much to Nina Turkovic. They made this review all the way from Belgrade. That's uh, real far away, Shannon. Well, thanks so much, Nina. International listenership. Woot! Yeah, we really appreciate it. If you have availability in your busy schedule, we really like it. If you could give us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or Stitcher, make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you aren't already. And if we have a week off, thanks for coming back and still listening to us. You can always tweet us as well. I'm at Dusty Terrell. I'm at Shannon Ray Green. And you can send us an email if you like at I tell my husband the news at usatoday.com. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Exclusive. Three top Jeopardy champs face off in ABC's Greatest of All Time tournament. This is written by my colleague Gary Levin. He writes, James Holzhauer just won the Jeopardy Tournament of Champions, but you haven't seen the last of him. Holzhauer and the long-running quiz show's two other biggest winners, Ken Jennings and Brad Rutter, will face off in a primetime Greatest of All Time tournament on ABC in January, marking the first network airing of the original Jeopardy in 30 years. Jeopardy! is syndicated to local stations, but airs on ABC outlets in many top markets. Host Alex Trebek in an exclusive interview said, quote, When James had his run last year, a lot of people were wondering, well, how would he do against Ken Jennings? How would he do against Brad Rutter? They're our two most successful players in Jeopardy! history. 
These three players have won close to $10 million in Jeopardy prize money and over 100 games among them, so it was logical, unquote. But the greatest of all time tournament, the GOAT tournament as it's known, will be anything but typical. It consists of a series of two back-to-back games airing weeknights at 8 Eastern Standard Time and Pacific Standard Time beginning January 7th. The player with the most combined winnings from the two games wins the match, and the play continues on successive nights, except Monday, until one of them has won three matches and takes home and takes home a $1 million prize. The other finishers get $250,000 apiece. That means the tournament can last anywhere from three to seven days. ABC's reality programming chief, Rob Mills, came up with the idea for his favorite show and calls it his dream project that he says is destined to succeed in an uncertain TV world. He said, quote, I don't know how this doesn't become an event, unquote. Rudder and Jennings had faced off against IBM's Watson Computer in 2011 and in an All-Stars match in March. But it took Holzhauer's impressive streak to provide a third captivating player and seal the deal. Mills said, quote, The fact that it took somebody to play it like a riverboat gambler. We had never seen anyone like this. We had to make this happen, unquote. The 35-year-old Holzhauer set a single-game winnings record on April 17th with more than $131,127, and he amassed $2.46 million during his 32-game streak last spring. He added another quarter million from last week's tournament. His quirky demeanor and aggressive betting style won fans and rocked up winnings far more quickly than Jennings, who's 45, saw when he won $2.52 million during 72 games in 2004. The 41-year-old Rudder never cracked the top 10 in regular season play. He first appeared in 2000 when the show limited players to five consecutive games. But he's the biggest overall money winner on an American game show with $4.68 million, mostly from tournaments. Big winners are rating magnets. Jeopardy! is averaging 8.8 million viewers this season, well ahead of many primetime shows, but spiked to 14 million at the peak of Holzhauer's run. Trebek, who is bravely battling stage 4 pancreatic cancer, won't predict the outcome of the new tournament, which is scheduled to be taped early next month. But he did say, quote, You have to realize, I think, that Ken and Brad are going to be at a slight disadvantage. They won the majority of their monies 10, 15 years ago, so they've aged a bit. And are their reflexes going to be as good as James Holzhauer's? Who knows? But we're going to find out in this tournament. It's going to be a blast. We're all excited about it. Unquote. One lasting change and a key to Holzhauer's success is his penchant for picking the highest values clues first, a tactic mimicked by many other players since. Trebek says, quote, Ken and Brad are familiar with James' strategy of picking the bottom clues first and picking up some funds to capitalize on the daily double if he hits it. Knowing that's his strategy, they might preempt it by doing it themselves. But you have to be confident in your knowledge, unquote. The last time Jeopardy! aired on a major network in primetime, Super Jeopardy!, a special edition of the show that featured four players, aired on Saturday nights in the summer of 1990. This is fun. It's kind of like... Imagining if uh, Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson got into the ring together, right? (laughs) Except way more nerdy. (laughs) And maybe less interesting. Aw. Aw. But it's not like, I mean, people imagine themselves in anything that they're watching, right? The cool thing is that with this trivia, you can see if you know the answer or not, you know? I can tell you right now that I don't. (laughs) 
<laughs> you might know some answers sometimes. I think I'm pretty smart, but uh, I am not good at trivia. Just remembering random facts is just is not my not my strong suit. It's not my strong suit either. So because I'm bad at it, I probably won't watch. But also, because I'm bad at it, I don't like watching other people win money that I can't win. So no thank you. What a guy. I'm much more of a Family Feud fan. I can I can think of things that other people think of. That's I'm good at that. <laughs> it is impressive, these people who have made all this money. I mean, I... I think I might want to watch just because it, it is it, there is a sense of nostalgia for me. The idea that Super Jeopardy aired on primetime in 1990. That's when we were babies, you know. And so I definitely remember my aunt watching Jeopardy and us as kids trying to guess. I think Alex made some great points. And I think Holzhauer is going down. Like if that's all it takes to beat him is just like, well, I'll just pick the big numbers, too. If that's what you're supposed to do, that's what I'll do. <laughs> yeah, that's why I think it'll be interesting. I mean, I definitely will be looking for the news of the results of this. Because it is interesting to consider who is really the greatest of all time when it comes to trivia and making a bunch of money off of it. I thought this story might make you a little sad because you want to make all that money. It, it does, yeah. I don't. I would love to quit my job and just make millions of dollars playing a trivia game, but it's just not realistic, Shannon, because I'm not very good at trivia. <laughs> what do you think would be realistic to quit your job and then just make a ton of money on? I mean, I think about this a lot, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know that there is anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Researchers didn't think humans attacked woolly mammoths until they uncovered a trap in Mexico. I knew they attacked woolly mammoths. How? From that movie Ice Age, they... <laughs> They killed that that poor man's whole family, I believe. Oh. Spoiler alert. <laughs> that movie's been out a long time. If you haven't seen Ice Age yet, that's on you. How did you know it was historically accurate? Are you suggesting that the good folks at 20th Century Fox would lie to me, Shannon? <laughs> I didn't know that you paid such close attention to 20th Century Fox's animated classic Ice Age. It's a real tearjerker of a scene, Shannon. It, it really hit me hard. This was written by my colleague Doug Stanglin. He writes, At least 14 skeletons of woolly mammoths have been discovered in Mexico in pits apparently built by human hunters to trap and kill the huge animals some 15,000 years ago. This is all according to Mexico's National Institute of Anthropology and History. Pedro Francisco Sanchez Nava, who is a national coordinator of archaeology at INAH, told reporters that the discovery, quote, represents a watershed, a touchstone on what we imagined until now was the interaction of hunter-gatherer bands with these enormous herbivores, unquote. The skeletons were found in Tultepec, about 25 miles north of Mexico City, in clay that had once been at the bottom of Lake Saltocan. Luis Cordoba Barradas is an archaeologist with INAH's Directorate of Archaeological Rescue. He said the discovery offers a more complex and complete concept of how mammoth hunts were carried out. Scientists suggested that the clay area had opened up as the lake receded during the era of mammoths, providing hunters with the site easier to dig up to create traps. 
Cordoba Baradas led the team, and he said that the findings suggest that the groups of between 20 and 30 hunters swept a herd of mammoths with torches and branches to divert some of the animals into the traps. Once there, they were killed and their carcasses were cut up. He told reporters, quote, There was little evidence before that hunters attacked mammoths. It was thought they frightened them into getting stuck in swamps and then waited for them to die. This is evidence of direct attacks on mammoths. In Toltepec, we can see there was the intention to hunt and make use of the mammoths, unquote. He said an important clue was the vertical cuts in the earth where the bones were found, indicating the pit had been dug by humans. Archaeologists working in the Toltepec sites for 10 months found 824 bones, including eight skulls, five jaws, 100 vertebrae, and 179 ribs. Cordoba Barada said one skull had what appeared to be a long-term fracture, indicating that hunters may have battled that particular mammoth for years. He said the way the bones were ritually displayed indicated that the hunters, quote, had to consider him brave, fierce, and showed him his respect in this way, unquote. While the 14 mammoths found at the site are far less than the 100-plus found at sites in northern and eastern Europe, the discovery qualifies Tultepec to be listed as a mammoth megasites. Now that we have this information, what, what, do, we do, what do we do with it? What, do, what does it matter to me, Shannon? Um, excuse me. I really thought a part of this podcast was your excitement over scientific discoveries. Oh. Cool. Ah, I'm offended. I picked this story specifically for you. That's what I do on this podcast in the hopes that you will think, oh, it's interesting to pay attention to the outside world. It's not. (laughs) It is. You don't think it's a little interesting that now they have proof the filmmakers of Ice Age can now feel validated that that is a true story for their animated version of a woolly mammoth being sad that human hunters took his family away from him. I suppose we can assume that they could talk as well. <laughs> no, we cannot. If they were right about that, why not be right about um, that other part? Because people take liberties with storytelling, especially in animated films. I'm glad we don't have to eat big furry elephants anymore. <laughs> what do you think you would do if like woolly mammoths just like roamed around? I would hide. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like do you think you would try to make them to be your friends like how deer roam around now yeah just like that i mean when i see a deer i'm afraid and imagine something 10 times the size <sighs> i cannot um no i don't think i would try to make them my friends but i'm not <laughs> friends with many like elephants now either so But elephants do seem to make friends. Yeah, elephants are great. Yeah, I like them, but I don't have access to them, Shannon. Makes sense, makes sense. And last today, we've got the lightning-fast headline roundup. Does Dusty care about these stories in the slightest? Here we go. Kylie Jenner sells majority ownership in beauty company for $600 million. That's so much money. Harry Potter co-star Tom Felton praises pal Emma Watson, saying he, too, is self-partnered. Nobody knows who you are. <laughs> that, that guy should just legally change his name to Draco, because nobody knows him as any other name. <laughs> I know him. 
Is it because there was a picture on the article that you wrote? No. I... Somebody just said, Tom, whatever you said. I can't even remember it. It happened three seconds ago. Tom Felton. Someone said, hey, you know who Tom Felton is? You'd be like, yeah, that's Draco Malfoy. That is what I would say. Apple Music's new replay feature will show your most played music of 2019. My most played music of 2019 is music from 1998. (laughs) Kanye West calls himself the greatest artist that God has ever created at Joel Osteen's service. That seems about right. Billboard names top 125 artists with Mariah Carey as top female. Take that, Kanye. (laughs) Ashton Kutcher answered a mom's text for help. He bought running shoes for her son's team. And then he took them all and threw it in a big pile of mud. You got punked. That's not what happened, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Ford accidentally leaks Mustang Mach-E details prematurely. If it's not cheaper and more dependable than my Corolla, I'm not interested, Shannon. (laughs) Nike launches shoes for everyday heroes in nursing and medical professions. That's nice. Hopefully one of those nurses ends up on the Wheaties box. (laughs) Astros cheating allegations have baseball world demanding punishment. Nobody likes a cheater. Mm -mm. Except in baseball because it's so boring. It's nice to mix it up every once in a while. Pink reveals plans to take a year off music in 2020 at the 2019 CMAs. You mean she hasn't already been taking time off? I didn't notice. Oh. Burn. (laughs) For World Kindness Day, a hospital dressed newborns in red cardigans like Mr. Rogers. I'm dying of the cuteness over here. Oh, man. That's cute. That's really, really cute. I don't approve of doing anything against those children's will. (laughs) You think red cardigans are just really, really harsh in their vibe? I'm sure when I was born, if somebody put it on me, I'd be like, I don't like it. (laughs) I don't think you'd be aware. I'm I'm hot. I don't want to wear this. You're too cool, even as a newborn, Mm -hmm. too cool for school. You know, I'm all for being kind to one another, but I don't really need any new neighbors. You know what I mean? (laughs) No. Oh, man. Next week on I Tell My Husband the News. Well, I don't know. It hasn't happened yet. That's why it's called the news. (laughs) I Tell My Husband the News is part of the USA Today podcast network. New episodes come out every Monday. If you want to check out other podcasts from... All across the USA Today network, just go to podcast.usatoday.com or find them wherever you listen to podcasts like Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>